1: Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, where we partner with you to bring hope and freedom on your journey to purity. Before we start the podcast today, we wanted to let you know about our new resource for men, the Stories for Men book study. Finding sexual integrity is possible, and going through this six week study will show you the path to lasting freedom from addiction. By studying 20 stories of men who've experienced the destruction that sexual addiction can bring, you'll begin to see the power of both sharing your story and being a part of a community who fully knows you and fully loves you. To start on the path for sexual integrity, visit puredesire.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hey there, I'm your host Trevor Windsor and we're so thankful you're taking time out of your day to hang out with us. I'm here as always with my co-host Nick Stumbo. Yippee-ki-yay! And uh, just for all you listeners out there, you're welcome. It'll just be me and Nick today. We don't have any guests, you just get to spend the next 20 to 30 minutes, hopefully only 30, with us. So uh, we're glad that you're here on this ride with us. You
2: say that's a good thing. I hope they agree. Well... You you thank them for something they might be regretting.
1: At this point, if they've listened, this is episode 49, so they've had, you know, quite a bit of time with us, so we're hoping that you out there are not sick of us yet, and if you are, we'll just pray for you. Uh, So today, this episode, we will be talking about the five tips on how to better use the faster scale tool. For those of you out there who don't know what the Faster Scale is, go back and listen to episode two of the podcast. That episode covers what this tool is, how it functions. Uh, Nick does a great job walking us through that. So this is also uh, just so any listeners who maybe have some familiarity with the Faster Scale, maybe you don't and you want to continue listening through this episode. It's one of the most important and most used tools that we have in our group materials, our resources. This is a tool that we both have had lots of experience using. Uh, With that, we just hope that this episode gives you a few tips on how this, it really is a simple tool, how this tool can be really significant on your journey to freedom and your journey to sexual integrity. So let's just start with the first question. And real quick, before we jump in, let's just remind, uh, just briefly, Nick, will you remind our listeners what the Faster Scale is?
2: You said real quick and briefly. Now I feel pressured to like do it (laughs) real quick. That's Uh, right. (laughs) For sure. Uh, the You know, the faster scale is an emotional awareness inventory, and that kind of sounds like a mouthful, but essentially what we're recognizing is that most people know what they do. They don't always know why they do it. Mm-hmm. And so we've been in our behaviors focused on, you know, what did I do? How did I get there? But we really want to help someone look under the surface at why am I doing the things I'm doing and how are my emotions driving me down this scale? Uh, So the Faster Scale was developed by a guy named Michael Dye, who was working with uh, YWAM Mm -hmm. in a foreign country, and he was actually working with drug addicts and found that he could predict or see a pattern coming of them relapsing into their drug activity. And he started to say, man, is this a, a repeatable kind of thing that is common to all people? And that's where the Faster Scale came out of. So FASTER is an acronym for the steps that we take as we regress from a place of living in trust and Uh, a place of just being at home with God, which we call Mm -hmm. restoration. That I'm I'm in openness with God and others. I'm faithful to him and my commitments. And then at the other end of the scale is a relapse. And so we want to look at what are the steps I take along the way. So F in the acronym being forgetting priorities, A being anxiety, S speeding up, T ticked off, E exhausted, and R relapse. And we can see how every step along the way we're moving further and further away from where we want to be and getting back into our old pattern of really trusting in something else to medicate the pain in our lives.
1: Yeah, and again, if you have not listened to the episode, go back to episode two. This is what we talk about the whole time on that episode. And it really is, I mean, I can just speak from personal experience. It is one of the most influential yet very simple tools that I've used as I have found purity in my life.
2: Yeah, for sure. I've had guys that as they walk through a group, they'll say, you know, the faster scale alone uh, was worth the experience because of how it just helps us see our life through a different lens and create self-awareness that really spills over into every area of life. This yeah. isn't just about uh, avoiding that troublesome behavior that we've defined as relapse. It's really about being emotionally self-aware, and that's a gift that we give to people mm-hmm. in all areas. So it's, it's really helpful. So uh, with that, let's start with the first tip. And uh, tip number one today on this episode is this, to check your faster scale each day And write the date next to what you have identified with on that day. So, Trevor, what do we mean by that? Yeah,
1: so really set a time each day that you check your scale. So, uh, you know, for me, it's usually after I get home from work, I spend time doing that. Usually at lunchtime is also another one, just kind of midday checkup, see how I'm doing. Um, But I've also started practicing it in the sense of right after I've had a really difficult conversation or I've had a really tough day, I I think of it, I've got to the point now where I've used it enough that I can find at those moments, I need to fill out the faster scale. I need to make sure I'm walking into the rest of my day or the rest of, you know, whatever's going on in my life. I need to make sure I'm walking into it with some awareness. So, uh, and and, and with that, writing the date next to it. So one of the best things that I've done, and this was a tip I got from a group member, was that when I'm going through it each day? Make sure to write the date so that when I go back at the end of the week and see the faster scale, and I can look through my stuff, I see okay, this is where I was Monday. Wow, Tuesday I jumped all the way down there. Okay, Wednesday maybe I went back up. Like, and so I'm I'm starting to see and map out how my week goes, and it helps me with my awareness going into it, and it helps me plan and really be better prepared for the ne- you know the next coming weeks.
2: Yeah, for sure. And when we think about coming to group, you know, in our groups we encourage someone to share down to the lowest they reached on their faster scale. And sometimes if you're only filling out the faster scale once a week, you look back and you you forget stuff and you're right. like, well, what happened? And, and you tend to just identify maybe the most recent thing that seems obvious, but if you're checking it each day, if you're writing down some dates and then you go to get ready for group, you look at those and go, oh yeah, I remember now on, on Friday night, I was down into ticked off and maybe three days later, you've forgotten about the incident right. and moved on but that learning opportunity to really share with your group. When I got to my low moment, here's what was going on. That's, that's really, really helpful. And I talk to people all the time that'll say once they've gotten accustomed to using the faster scale regularly, that they can almost feel themselves moving through Mm -hmm. the stages that mentally they'll be rehearsing and saying to themselves, Oh, I think I'm speeding up or, Oh, I just moved into ticked off and I'm headed towards exhausted. And it's really that daily rehearsal. And it doesn't mean every single day we're going to sit down and do the whole experience. And I mean, time-wise that may just not be realistic, but at least a a check-in to say, you know, where do I think I'm at? What's causing that? And that internal awareness really just then becomes, as I'm saying, it becomes internalized. Yep. We, we We feel it happening and it becomes a grid through which we evaluate what's going on inside. Why am I feeling mm-hmm. what I'm feeling? Yeah,
1: that's so good. So that's tip number one. And tip number two, and Nick, you've talked to me about this a few times, is to work the faster scale both ways. What do you mean by that?
2: I think it's a helpful tip if someone finds they're kind of getting stuck on knowing where they're at, that one way is to look back at your week and just say, well, what was my worst moment? And maybe it's, I, you know, I can remember I blew up at my kids or I was really sarcastic with my wife or someone cuts me off in traffic. And I remember I yelled expletives at them and, and usually our lowest moment is fairly obvious. If we relapsed, that's obvious. So it, it could be okay to just start there. So if I know, Like, let's say, for example, I know I was exhausted because I just, man, the whole week just felt drained and empty. So I could start there on the faster scale, go through that piece of it, identify what I was feeling. How does it impact other people? Why do I do this? What's the benefit? Mm -hmm. And then I always encourage someone to at least look at the next level down. So read through all the descriptions of relapse and see if you relapsed. And maybe it's not a relapse in your traditional sense, because those are pretty easy to identify but maybe you even see there were moments where you did kind of give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so always check a, a, a layer lower, yeah. but then what you can do if you've identified the low point is then work your way backwards. Mm-hmm. So start out and go, well, if, if I was exhausted somewhere along the line, I was ticked off. Yeah. And, and now let's think sequentially back towards all the way into forgetting priorities and then filling out restoration. So that's one way to do it. That's obvious. But the other direction I think helps too if, um particularly when you feel like you've had a pretty good week and this has been my experience like yeah i've had a great week and so i just start at the top for getting priorities like well yeah i had some procrastination this week or sometimes i didn't follow through on a commitment and i answer all the questions one two and three on that one and and then i'll read through and i encourage people always read through the next level because you'll surprise yourself Mm -hmm. and i find myself oh well yeah, I was mind reading, and I got into that. Okay, well, I guess I was in anxiety, and okay, no big, no big deal. But then I read speeding up, like oh, well, yeah, I guess I remember that happened, and that. And pretty soon, I'm looking back at my week, and it can be humbling, but it's also super helpful because I realize in my own kind of self denial or just being, you know, okay, I'm okay, everyone's okay. I thought. I was having a great week, but if I see I got into ticked off, (laughs) um, I might recognize how it's been kind of an under-the-radar pattern. And that can be really helpful, too. So maybe just depending where you're at when you start the faster scale, that could determine, do you want to start at the bottom at your low moment work your way up, or do you want to start at the top and work your way down? Because both can be very, very enlightening.
0: Well,
1: and for people who are competitive, um, like me, I'm very, very competitive. If you know me, uh, you're probably rolling your eyes right now as I say it. But... The reality is is that when you're competitive and you think of it that way you find i know i found this that the when i start from the top and go down i start to feel more shame the further down it's like okay my week is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and the reality is is that the further down you go on the faster scale doesn't necessarily mean the worse that you're doing that week uh it it, if anything it means the more aware you're becoming that week but i think that if you are also able to look at the bottom and then work up it kind of helps with that shame piece that can creep in because Let's be honest, the enemy wants us to feel shame because then we lead into isolation and then relapse becomes a possibility.
2: Yep, yeah, totally. And the temptation there is to maybe overlook what we would call small things or it, it only happened for a few moments. But even if that, you know, even if our moment of ticked off was a, a short-lived thing and then we were back up into a good place, we still want to identify what took us there. So if if we have a week where we identify we were an exhausted that doesn't mean we lived all week and exhausted. Mm-hmm. Now some weeks it might have been, and yeah. that's something you want to address. But it may just have been Monday morning, you were down there. Right. And really looking into it is so important as opposed to going, well, most of my week was good, so I don't want to say I wasn't exhausted. Mm-hmm no it, it's not like you said it's not about scorekeeping. it's not about performance right. you know yep. lowest level loses is not a yeah. a thing yeah um it's it's about that awareness and i actually when someone's in group sharing i have more questions for someone that shares and said oh i was in restoration all week yeah it's like, <laughs> like yeah hey, that's awesome really? but are you a human being right. because i think most humans we right. get anxious we get ticked off yeah it's it's not a, a barometer of our sin it's just where does our humanity take us absolutely all right. Well, let's talk about the third tip then. Uh, and the third tip for the faster scale is this: discuss it each week during weekly phone calls. What's that mean, Trevor? Yeah.
1: Well, obviously, if you've been in a peer desire group, you know. And if you haven't, then you know one of the things that we really emphasize is weekly phone calls. So you're calling your group members, um, and we we suggest at least three a week. So if you've got a group of three or four guys, it's nice to call all four of them, three, four, five, however many guys they're in, and connecting each week and What we're seeing is that that is a a check-in. So you're just saying, hey, how you're doing? But what I've experienced is that when you initially ask, hey, where are you at on your faster scale? It puts you into this self-awareness mode. And so it allows you to really have that conversation and talk it out. And what's great is that if, you know, the more that you understand about the faster scale, it's not that you go down the scale and then you climb your way back up. It's the further down you go, then you need to jump off. You need to get off the faster scale, go back up to restoration, living on God's terms. And I found that a great way to do that is having these conversations. So when my group member calls and says, hey, man, where are you at on the faster scale? I can say, I'm living in anxiety or I'm in speeding up. He'll ask, "Okay, like, what are you identifying in there? Talk to me like, what's your process been? And then, you know, asking questions like, how do you plan to address that? How are we going to fix that? And and that doesn't happen if you don't talk about the faster scale during the week. And so you may end up being that person who fills it out at the end of the week right before group. Maybe you're sitting in the parking lot before you walk in and you fill it out. But you're going to see that the more self-aware you are, the better your weeks end up being. And that, and you're going to become more self-aware if you have those conversations during your weekly phone calls.
2: Yeah, and I think it's important to note that doesn't mean you've had to sit down... Write out the whole faster scale before you can make a phone call because I think for a lot of people that would be one more reason not to call. It's like, well, I didn't have time to do my faster. I don't scale have forty five minutes to so talk to a it. call. Right. Um, for me, what that often looks like is if I'm going to make a phone call, even just for a minute or two, I'll kind of sit and quietly think about, you know, where have I been this week? What's going on inside? And I kind of have a script uh, when I call someone um, because sometimes I am just leaving a message, but other times I'm getting to talk to them in person, and I'll say. Hey, this is Nick, and my commitment to change this week was to do this, and mm-hmm. I'll report on how I'm doing on that. And I'll say, and on the faster scale, I think so far um, my lowest level has been this, or I might say, I think right now I'm in ticked off, and mm-hmm. here's why, and processing that a little bit. And so it it is kind of a uh, just a quick self awareness check in, and, and sometimes I've had more time to think through it, or I'm more self aware, but other days I'm I'm just I know the phone call is good, and what I find can happen even if I've just done a little bit of self kind of check in and then start to talk about it on the phone call there's something in my brain or my thinking that just can open up and even hearing myself talk about it like i learned something Mm -hmm. or when when the person who's i'm talking with maybe asks a question or or they share about their week it's amazing how this aha moment yeah some discovery comes and that you know that's not every time but it is an encouragement of even if you feel like i'm just having a routine week nothing special has happened Think about where you're at and talk about it because it might unlock some things that could surprise you.
1: Well, and the rest of your day at that point too is going to be focused on on that. So maybe you won't be thinking about where you're at on the faster scale the rest of the day, but at least for the next five or 10 minutes kind of going into your next meeting or going home, you know, when you're pulling into the driveway, whatever it is, you've got that self-awareness piece on your mind and you're able to walk in with a better preparation for whatever you're walking into. Yeah. Okay, so tip number four. All right. We're almost there. Tip number four. This one is do the faster scale with your spouse. I feel like there needs to be like a dum-dum-dum, you know, here.
2: I know. As, as you said this one, I'm imagining some listeners are like, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> like, do, do you want, you know, my spouse to be angry at me? Or, but, but really, here's a couple of ideas on that. You know, number one, if you are sharing your faster scale routinely with your spouse, they know you better than anyone else in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're going to point out things that honestly can be really, really insightful and helpful. Because when you share something, they see another side to it and they'll go, well, and what about this? And yeah. You're like, oh, wow. So that's one thing is just how insightful our spouses can be. And that's part of the blessing and gift that they are, that why God gave us spouses, because of how they can be a part of um, our journey. Second thing I would say, if you're worried about sharing with your spouse because of the potential you might have to share about a relapse, it's actually the routine sharing with your spouse that is going to help prevent you yeah. from relapsing. Yep. Because one of the dangers or problems that couples have fallen into is the only time a spouse will share something is when they've really gone over the edge again. And now there's guilt or they've, they've promised they'll tell her and, mm-hmm. and there's the pain of that and they, they want to stop, Well, really at that point, there's not a whole lot your spouse can do except feel hurt by it and ask for more you know, boundaries or consequences right. so you don't do it again. But they're kind of in a no-win situation at that point. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're sharing your faster scale, they can help ahead of time at right. a place they might actually be able to do something. So yeah. maybe you're into speeding up and you're like, I am just feeling like there's too much at work and there's these projects at home. And, and your spouse might be able to say something like, wow, I didn't realize you were feeling that pressure that, you know, that job we talked about, you know, cleaning out the spare room. It's really not that urgent. Let's push that off to next week. Right. And suddenly, because they know how you're feeling, they can help. And Mm -hmm. that's actually a place that might be useful. So that's the second thing. And the third thing that I really would encourage you to keep in mind with your spouse, particularly my encouragement to men thinking about sharing with their wives, what wives very often want from their husband is they want to know what he's thinking and feeling. Yep. They don't just want to know I talked to this guy at work and then I drove here and then we bought this and I mean that kind of informational sharing is great but you know God made wives for that emotional connection that relational connection and and she would probably love the chance to hear what you're thinking mm-hmm. and for a lot of us as guys no one taught us, no one really trained us how to share what we're feeling. You know, it's kind of an intimidating, you know, well, how do you feel? I don't know. I just did it, you know, (laughs) but the faster scale is actually teaching us to be aware of how we feel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I procrastinated at work and how did this make me feel? Well, I felt like I was being lazy and, and as we're processing that and opening up that door to our spouses, that can create some incredible connection and a sense that we're, we're in this together. We're a team. Um, I'll, I'll hear wives say, I finally feel like I know my husband. I know what's going on in his inner world. And and yeah, at first that might be a little intimidating, especially if we haven't done it very much, yeah. if we're not great with the language of emotions. But this is where husbands and wives can connect in a new way. Because if you look at uh, pillar seven in the seven pillars workbook, it does talk about men's realities and women's realities. And and it might feel a little stereotypical but this comes from secular research that's you know been done for decades and decades that just show how men and women approach most topics from different perspectives men from the physical women from the more um, spatial meaning non-physical and the meeting place is the emotional yeah it's that inner world and so if we can see the value of that well suddenly the faster scale becomes this great tool to meet at that inner, that middle place of our emotional connection. So for those three reasons, I think sharing your faster scale with your spouse is really helpful. Um, And it was something just last thing I would say about this, that in our first year of recovery for my wife and I, this was really an important moment for us Mm -hmm. that we had kind of two nights a week that were special. We still had our date night where um, we would go out watch a movie, go to dinner, you know, whatever we felt like doing on our date night. But we'd also have our talk i think we just called it our talk night you know great name real inventive Um, you guys are so creative yes let's talk Uh, what that meant is that when the kids were in bed and we weren't going to turn on the tv we were going to sit down and i was going to share my faster scale Mm -hmm. Um, for me at that time it was important that i walk through my list of boundaries with her to let her know that i remembered them and was following them and to just let her ask questions about what i was learning Mm -hmm. to let me ask questions about what she was learning in her group And the connections that developed in those nights was really amazing. I mean, there were a few nights we stayed up talking way past when we normally would have gone to bed and not because we were determined like, well, let's sit here and talk it out. Yeah. But we were just connecting. Yeah. And the cool thing, I would say this, that it really gave us freedom on our date nights to just have fun. Right. Because then my wife wasn't trying to figure out what's he thinking and how's it going and we'd already talked about all those things the night or two before. So Mm -hmm. date nights were just fun and we
1: got to let go. Well, and what you're speaking about, and it's one of the things that comes to mind is that one of the, I don't know if I'm going to call it a cancer, but I feel like one of the things that's, that really eats away or can erode at a marriage is assumptions. And so always living in this world of, I assume I know where they're at or what they're thinking or, really just you're jumping to whatever preconceived ideas you have about this person rather than just being honest and asking those questions you know sometimes I know for me a struggle is I usually want to know what my wife is thinking and so a struggle for me is that I ask too many times like hey are you okay how are you doing like is something you know so I've got my own stuff but what I'm seeing though in in talking about where I'm at it gets rid of those assumptions and Really, I mean, putting just a different flavor on some of the things you've been saying, it's a way to minister to your spouse. When you know where they're at, if you know that they're starting to get into black and white thinking or, you know, they're judging other people's motives, you're able to come alongside and help them, encourage them. You know how to better pray for them. And I think that that, that really is, is is an amazing thing to have. It's an amazing tool to have as a spouse because I think ultimately down at the core of our heart as a believer we want to help our spouse grow we want to help our spouse throughout the week and this really creates that opportunity or that platform for us to step on uh, and say you know i know that you're having a hard time in this let me help you so i just think it's a it's a really cool thing
2: yeah, that's really cool. And one aspect of this I would encourage listeners to avoid is filling out their faster scale for their spouse. <laughs> you know, if you find that right. you're filling it out because, hey, here's a really good place to bring up something I didn't know how to say any yeah. other time. It's not and, a passive-aggressive tool. Exactly. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm going to answer this the way I think my spouse wants that's me to right. answer it. I mean, that's kind of like if if we were writing in our personal journal for someone else to read, it kind of defeats the purpose of, yeah, that, of keeping a personal journal. Right. So really when you go to fill out your faster scale, you need to just really look into your own heart and thinking and, and be honest. Um, and hopefully those are all things you can share with your spouse. But if you find yourself getting into this trap of, okay, what what, what does she want me to say or what does he think I should say, yep. you're going to start to lose its effectiveness. So guard yourself against that approach. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, that uh, leads us to our fifth tip. Uh, And the number five tip for using the faster scale well is this. Use it
1: even when you're not in a group. Yes. Okay, so I think I've heard you actually say this, uh, and maybe you're quoting Dr. Ted or, or someone else who's smarter than me, but the reality that addiction doesn't take a break. And so you shouldn't either. And so what, what I've seen and my experience with using the faster scale is when I stop using it, I become less and less tied to how I'm actually doing each week, how I'm feeling, things start to slide, my guardrails slip, I'm not having good conversations with people, I'm not being real and authentic, maybe I'm being dishonest. So it can just become this slippery slope where if self-awareness is going down, I'm not becoming a better person the lower my self-awareness goes down. And so I think that whether you're in group or not. Cause if you're in a pure desire group, what you'll see is that these tools are used every single week. So in, in, in any of them, or they should be <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Some so if you don't might be feeling guilty, like, yeah, oh, if you have the workbook, but not the journal, that's a problem. Get the journal. But what we see is that even outside of group, it just is one of those things where your self-awareness should continue to increase because as you become more aware of you and your pitfalls and your struggles and your issues, You become more aware where you need Christ, where you need community and where you need your spouse or others around you to come alongside you and help. And so it's one of those things where you really need to just be devoted to using something like this, using whether it's the faster scale or another self-awareness tool, using something that is always going to keep you in that mindset of I need to know where I'm at so that I can better handle any situation that comes my way during the week.
2: Yeah, and it really speaks to the value of writing it down, to physically having pen and paper. And whether you're using a journal that you bought or the Pure Desire journal or you're just writing it somewhere else, the value of being able to look back, I mm-hmm. think, is is really, really important. Because what we tend to miss, especially as we're getting healthy, walking in freedom, is our patterns um, get elongated. they yeah. get They get lengthened. So when we're struggling with an addiction, we might zip down the faster scale in the course of a day or less. And it's just like, you know, on our way down to a crash. But as we get healthy and we have community and some groups in place, what we might miss is kind of the slow burn towards a relapse. Mm -hmm. And when you can start to flip back through pages and go, okay, two weeks ago I was in exhaustion, three weeks ago exhausted, four weeks ago ticked off, you know, I had a few weeks and ticked off before then... Maybe all the way back to three, four months you're like, man, three, four months ago, almost all my faster skills, I didn't get much past anxiety. What was going on around that? And now routinely, I'm getting into exhausted. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's look back over a few months here and see what's going on. And that self-humility to be able to say to a spouse or a friend, a group member, like, boy, I'm... I've been down low quite a while now Mm -hmm. and that over time is going to make me in jeopardy of relapsing. So what, what changes do I need to make? And if you're only just doing it off the top of your head and you're never writing it down, you'll lose that ability. You'll lose that self-awareness that that really can become profitable as you're walking in long-term
1: freedom. Yeah. And again, this is just such a great tool to use and it's really not that difficult. I mean, you're, you're going through it and you're just circling stuff you identify with. And if you're using these tips, you're going to see that, you're going to be so much more aware. And maybe it might be, you know, the first couple weeks of doing it, maybe you don't feel like you're self-aware. But as you're saying, Nick, as time goes on and you're continuing to heal and finding some freedom from this, you start to see that things are adding up. Like this self-awareness is starting to really bear some fruit. And what's really cool is that leads to just health in other areas of life. And that's my favorite thing about the faster scale, is that you start to look at it and not just the way you relate to your sexual addiction, but maybe the way you relate to your food maybe the way that you relate to how you use social media or Netflix or video games or reading anything. It could be anything. So it's, it's one of those things where self-awareness isn't about just getting free sexually. It's about becoming a better person.
2: Yeah. And that's a great tip. And it's not one of the five, but bonus tip number six. Well, I have a different thing (laughs) for that. Uh, No, just the connection that maybe someone feels like, well, I haven't had a relapse. And when they say relapse, they're thinking pornography or their Mm -hmm. sexual issues. It's been over a year. So I guess I'm done. I don't need the faster skill anymore. But as you just brought up, maybe now we could have, or we, what I would say is we add to our definition of relapse. Mm. So for me, pornography, masturbation, that's always going to be a relapse. I don't, you know, Quit working on that one. But maybe, we're happy. Thanks for yes, doing yeah. Maybe now I add to it. Mm-hmm. Um, do I lose my temper? Yeah. And I view that as a relapse because if, if that's something I've committed, hey, I don't ever want to yell at our kids. That's mm-hmm. just not who I am. But then if I do, that means I've gone to a place I didn't want to go. And I, I need to look at why. For other people, it might be binge eating late at night. For mm-hmm. someone, it might be getting lost in video games and losing a whole afternoon when they had other commitments they would made whatever the issue is because that's the neat thing is God's always working in our lives he's always in the process of making us more like him and we could stop in our journey and just say I'm done I I don't want to go any further yeah or we could keep saying okay God you're really giving me growth and freedom here what do you want to work on now is it my impatience is it my spending habits is it my impulsiveness whatever it is make that your new definition of relapse Because the self-awareness can keep coming Mm -hmm. Just like we don't meet our spouses and learn them And then we're done growing in the relationship The same is true of self-awareness We don't become self-aware and now it's over That's an ongoing process that actually can create growth For the rest of our lives
1: Okay, so there are the five tips, but for any of those who continued and listened through the whole episode, Nick, is there a bonus tip, a number six tip that we give somebody when using the faster scale? Or maybe this is like
2: our final thoughts, you know, the yeah. last thing you sure. tell people. Uh, one of the things I hear from people is they maybe grow tired of filling out the faster scale. They're weary of, oh, every week I'm getting bored of this. And I would encourage people to think of it like a discipline. You know, we might say about exercise, well, I'm tired of exercising. Well, I'm tired of going for a run. I'm tired of going to the gym. I'm tired of eating healthy. And that's okay. The the activity itself might become routine Mm -hmm. or tiresome even, but we don't do the activity just for the activity. It's the outcome we see coming from that discipline. So, you know, I continue to run even when I'm bored by it. Because I like how it keeps me in shape. I have more energy, keep my weight down, you know, all the benefits that come. And I would encourage you to think about how the faster scale is like that. It's a discipline. And yeah, maybe you feel like I've been through the same scale a hundred times. Why am I still doing it? I just find that when you sit down and you do the work and you really think through, okay, this week, were any of these things true in my life? Circle the ones that were true. Figure out which was the most powerful. Answer the three questions. It's one of those things in my life that anytime I put effort into it, I get something out of it. And maybe in the exact moment, I don't see it, but the way it just continues to create this attitude of self-awareness, of growth, of what's happening in my life, I I think it's really amazing. And so I just want to encourage anyone who's listening and is growing weary of the process, maybe take your eyes off of the activity itself Mm -hmm. and look more at what are the outcomes? How is it creating growth and self-awareness in my life? Because I really believe the more you put in, the more you'll get out. So just like you wouldn't give up on exercising or you're eating healthy. Right. Don't give up on a healthy discipline because I think it'll continue to um, yield fruit in your life for the long haul.
1: Yeah. Okay, so there are the five or six tips or on, seven. or yeah, however many. We threw in a lot there. Sure, maybe you have some that you could add yourself to this episode. But those are the tips we have on using the faster scale. And for anybody who's listening, we'll make sure that the the faster scale is attached to the show notes. And if you want to go to our website and look up the tool, you can just slash tools and you'll find it uh, on that page. And just know that this is really, really such a powerful self awareness tool when fighting for sexual integrity, and it's. Really, really important just to know that you continue to grow in your self-awareness, you continue to understand your traumas, you understand your triggers, you understand your trouble in life, and it helps you because sexual addiction is not just about sex, it's not just about stopping the action of masturbating or looking at pornography or acting out sexually. It's about becoming more aware of who I am, what I struggle with, and how I handle those things in life. So uh, this tool is such a powerful one and it's a simple and easy one to use, so go check it out. And if you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to episode two on the faster scale and start using this because this tool is going to be monumental for your journey to freedom. So, Nick, thanks again, man. Appreciate your time.
2: Great to be here. And next week's 50. 50, baby. That's right. Man, how about that?
1: (laughs) And thank you for listening to the Pure Desire podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to keep up with the podcast, please subscribe. You can also rate and review our podcast and let us know how we're doing. For more information, check out our website, PureDesire.org. And you can follow us on social media at Pure Desire PDMI. Once again, that's at Pure Desire PDMI. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pure Desire podcast. For more information, check out our website, www.puredesire.org. Check in each week for new content on the podcast, and we pray that it will help you find hope and freedom on your journey to purity.